Alrighty, we are back. Your favorite podcast show of the week. This is Location Weekly, and it's episode number 514. We're recording live on Tuesday, April the 27th. Avriana, what's going on? Oh, you know, just living the dream. I'm good. Enjoying the warmer weather and, you know, baseball being back and uh, lots of good stuff happening. Lots of... Yeah. Uh, Changes coming, getting ready for a move, you know? Yeah, lots of lots of things happening, right? And uh, yeah, the weather up here has been quite nice too, um, you know, consistently warming up and a uh, bit of rain in the last couple of days, but, but warm and rain. So that's, you know, we'll take that uh, over cold, I guess. And uh, yeah, baseball's, uh, it's been fun to watch lately. Um, I'm a little bit excited because today, um, we finally, supposedly, uh, my Blue Jays, uh, Springer is going to make his debut for the season because he's been injured since we signed him. So, um, and we need it. We need the offense. So, um, yeah. <laughs> well, funny story. So, um, a few of my girlfriends wanted to do kind of a going away brunch. So, we met at a place that had outdoor seating yesterday. No, not yesterday. Yesterday, Sunday um, and they gave me kind of some little you know Atlanta tokens like going away and so one of them sweetly bought me an Atlanta Braves baseball hat and a New York Yankees baseball hat and I was like it's very cute but she doesn't know me well enough to know that I will not be wearing a Yankees hat <laughs> <laughs> much to uh, Mr. Woodbridge's and, and Mr. Carriker's uh, demise there i know i know well i'll save it so you know if ron wants to come visit with his daughter i have a very cute floral yankees hat she can borrow for the game <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah it's, it's been an interesting season so far though um just to kind of watch how things are evolving and um yeah i guess uh you know there's there's lots more baseball to go as they as you know is the thing with baseball there's so many games so yeah, I've been enjoying like the the uh, playful joking, you know, um, back and forth between like pitchers and hitters and um, some of the kind of taunting that's been going on has been, I always, you know, I love to see that playfulness. It's kind of fun. Yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we've got uh, we've got a good show this week. Four stories that we want to cover. Uh, a whole array of things from all over the world, and uh, I'll let Abriana kick it off with uh, an interesting story. At least we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So this is interesting. You know, we're always talking about what Amazon is getting their hands in next. And in London now, they have opened a physical hair salon. Um, you know, embedded with technology. So no, there's not machines cutting your hair because the title kind of made me think like, oh my God, no, this is not a good idea. Uh, but basically what they do is they have regular hair care services that are being offered, but they're also testing AR kind of point and learn technology. We've seen this type of try it on technology a lot before with, um, you know, I think we've seen it with hair color before, maybe in other apps, like maybe the Sephora app. Uh, and, you know, Amazon's done things like this before um, when they partnered with L'Oreal to have that virtual makeup try on. And, and um, you know, I think this is interesting. So they're trying on hair colors, probably hairstyles as well. So I probably could have tried on this like shag before I chopped it all off if I would have wanted to. 
Um, so it's kind of interesting, you know, check out the color. How does the cut look on your face and, and everything before you uh, do that? So it's in London and it's only open to Amazon employees right now. But, you know, I think they're just trying to take a step in this direction to see like blending more and more AR with, you know, physical retail. And so I do think it's interesting. Um, you know, I think that technology is a great thing for items like trying things on, testing to see how things look on your, you know, on your skin tone, on your face, on your shape, you know, clothes, hair colors, makeup, all of those things. But I don't think it would ever replace the personal aspect that comes with a hair salon or a barbershop, right? Nobody ever wants a machine cutting their hair. There's something very personal, personal and like trusting about going and having that person that cuts your hair. And, you know, for a lot of people, it's also like a, it's a social event, right? You know, you go, you talk to your people and you're venting and you're, you know, talking about all your things. The guys have their barbershops, you know, I know that that's like really important for a lot of men just to have that time. And, you know, for women to have their hairdresser that they confide in, um, which is also why I would never be a hairdresser. So I think that is interesting. I also think technology would be really great for things like mixing color, you know, things that require a lot of precision um, that you don't want to mess up, right? Turning people's hair, you know, purple instead of like, you know, Auburn or something. Um, so I like this. I think that it's nice to think of it as a blend and be able to say like, hey, this is what I think I want. You know, maybe sometimes hairdressers don't really feel comfortable saying, you know, that's not really what you want. Let me show you why, you know, and this kind of gives them the opportunity to try things on and show them this is probably what it's going to look like when you're done before uh, committing to it. So I think that that aspect of it is really um, interesting. For Amazon to be doing this, you know, they're also working with the fact that salon owners can order uh, directly from Amazon for their supplies, which I think there is a strong fit. Um, beyond that, you know, it's a little bit kind of off the beaten path for them, but I see the the them getting more into like salon supplies and things of that nature um, as a distributor there. So perhaps that's kind of their angle in. Yeah, I, I find this story very, very interesting uh, for a couple of reasons. So, so one is, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about these sort of AR try-on cosmetics solutions and, and hair solutions before from L'Oreal and Modiface and all these different companies that we've covered over the last couple of years. But most of that has been either through some app on your phone or, you know, something that you would do at home. And I think kind of bringing this to a, a, a physical sort of retail experience uh, where you walk into a salon and you're sitting in the chair in front of the big mirror and you can sort of see that in that environment with that lighting and in that context when you're in the mood and there for the purpose of, you know, getting your hair colored or, you know, styled or cut or what have you. I think is really interesting, right? Because I think, as you pointed out, this idea of kind of, see, you know, trying before you buy, if you will, or seeing it, uh, I think is interesting. So I like that. I like that they're kind of bringing it into a physical environment that's in context, um, you know, and, and I think that makes sense. I think from an Amazon point of view, um, you know, trying to find ways to increase their position within sort of wholesale uh, goods, whether that's, you know, beauty supplies or other things, I think is a no-brainer for them, right? Because, you know, we all think about Amazon as a consumer, uh, you know, provider, you know, we order whatever we need, you know, uh, for our homes or our kids or our, you know, whatever. Um, 
but as a business uh, service and, and a supply chain sort of provider of wholesale, wholesale goods, you know, we don't often think about them in that context. So I think finding ways to kind of showcase, you know, their products, suites to an industry like this, I think makes a ton of sense as well. So I, I think it's a really good fit for Amazon, quite frankly. Um, and I, I think it has a lot of potential. Uh, this particular sort of first salon in London uh, was only open to Amazon employees uh, to kind of test the experience out. Uh, so it wasn't kind of like, you know, just wide open to the public yet. But but I, I think it's interesting. I think it's uh, it has I think it has a lot of potential, in fact. So I could see Amazon sort of rolling this out to salon chains or, or things like that, you know, uh, across, uh, you know, many countries. So I, I think uh, it's got some interesting pieces there. And, um, you know, from a tech point of view, it's, it's not you know, nothing earth shattering here, no new sort of, you know, we're not talking about pay with your palm or walk out, you know, uh, commerce technology or anything like that. We are talking about smart mirrors and these kinds of things. Um, but, uh, and I don't know if Amazon, you know, sort of would foot the bill for those kinds of things for some of these salons, uh, in order to drive, you know, purchases on a wholesale, uh, basis, but, uh, maybe. So, uh, I, I think there's definitely something here. That could uh, that could happen uh, in terms of a, a growth opportunity. So there you go. All right, uh, moving all the way over to Japan now. Uh, one of our uh, members over there, a company called Unari, uh, has struck up a pretty interesting partnership uh, with Mitsubishi. So this is an all Japanese uh, partnership, um, and uh, the uh, Mitsubishi has entered into what they're calling a capital and business partnership, meaning that they've made a significant investment in the company. The uh, exact terms of the investment were not disclosed, but uh, it says that Mitsubishi is expected to become the largest shareholder with the exception of the original uh, startup founders. Um, so we'll have to follow up with Cooney and the team over there to see if we can get more uh, around this particular story. Or maybe we can get Unari to come on and talk. We've had them talk uh, on a number of LVMA uh, uh, podcasts over the years. But uh, nonetheless, uh, one of the impetuses for this partnership and this investment is around a project that Mitsubishi is involved in, a smart city urban development project in uh, Jakarta, Indonesia. And uh, so they've got this huge sort of um, residential and commercial district around a railway station. And they want to basically use the Unary data to understand kind of the flow of people and movements and uh, kind of what's going on from a sort of location data analytics point of view. Um, to give you context, Unary uh, is very, very similar to you know what we do here at, at my startup um, at ground level in that they're taking uh, uh, GPS data, app location, uh, SDK data. They also uh, interestingly blend that data with a lot of beacon data. So they have access to more than two and a half million beacons across uh, Japan uh, in train stations and department stores and whatnot. So they're blending multiple different sets of location data together into a single uh, view platform, a lot like what we're doing here at Ground Level Insights. Um, and um, yeah, so I think this is really interesting. I think this is the kind of data analytics partnerships uh, and, and sort of moves that we see, you know, in many countries happening right now around understanding, you know, broad audiences and populations and citizen engagement and things like that. 
uh, and then using that data to inform you know business decisions and urban planning and smart city development and, and things like that so I think this is a really good fit um, I, this is a great announcement uh, for Unary uh, and uh, obviously investment uh, coming from Mitsubishi and you know obviously Mitsubishi is a, is a huge huge player in, in the Japanese market and and globally for that matter so um, you know, excited uh, for for Unary and the team and uh, over there. And um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that there's so much that's happening, um, and so much there's so much that has been happening in terms of blending this location data, real time data for either advertising purposes or just um, you know informative purposes of like moving through from a smart cities perspective. However, I also think that there's so much more that we're going to see in the future. And I think we're going to see a lot with the automotive industry in particular, in terms of, um, you know, what, you know, you think about like what the, the navigation systems used to look like, you know, five, 10 years ago in cars where you had to have a CD in there and it was like loaded on and things weren't up to date. There's no real time um, until where we are today. And then I think about something like what Unary is providing and bringing that into, um, you know, smart cities, but also into more of like the automotive industry as well, uh, makes a ton of sense. So I don't know, it's, it's exciting to see these types of partnerships being announced and, and rolled out. And just thinking about like, what is the future going to hold? And, and what are they going to come up with next is kind of like, I don't know, it gets me it gets me uh, like sitting on the edge of my seat so that uh, we can see, you know, what new kind of creations are coming up with and, and also how they can improve how you know cities are are moving and and working together whether that's from an energy perspective um you know with like a clean energy and things like that or whether it's more from a traffic and people moving around and and then obviously the marketing and advertising plays as well so i think it's interesting. yeah I, I, you know it's, it's just a great partnership I and mean, these guys are like you know uh one one of the the key key players in the japanese market huge part of the lbma japan chapter there uh so i'll uh i'll reach out to kuni and and the team and uh maybe we can get uh, their ceo uh hitatoshi uh to come on and kind of give us a bit more insight into uh you know what this partnership and this deal means to them um and you know where they see the growth coming from but uh excited for uh, for the for the team over there yeah Shifting gears a little bit, we're going to go uh, for more of an audio type of uh, location-based marketing play here. And CVS is rolling out their digital audio messaging for in-store um, with in-store audio network. That's the name of the company. They come out of New Jersey uh, and they were testing this out and now they're going to continue their partnership into you know, the rest of 2021 and then beyond. So basically what they want to do for CVS perspective is they want to help a lot of the brands that they're selling in the store have an opportunity to connect with shoppers through their audio network, right? It's also playing music and things of that nature. Um, and you know they can use the location-based data as well. And bringing that in so they can connect with shoppers and provide kind of relevant messaging for the brands that they're selling in the store. Uh, you know, for CVS, I'm assuming that there's some level of monetization to this where either they're getting, you know, giving uh, special exposure to new brands or getting discounts on brands uh, in exchange for marketing, you know, 
and all of this that, that are doing for them, or it's a new revenue avenue for them. But basically, you know, having the access to the customers, they're playing music, and then obviously being able to have that brand messaging that comes in uh, based on the location. So the messaging that you receive in one CVS may be different from another based upon, you know, the items that they, that they have uh, in their data schema there. So, you know, maybe it's like, hey, it's really humid, you know, they want to showcase some shampoo and conditioner for, you know, fighting humidity, anti-humidity or something like that, um, that they can bring all of that relevant data in. Um, so obviously they provide the music, the in-store audio network provides the, the music equipment, the programming, and then all of the retail specific messaging, you know, third-party branded messaging, all of those things. Uh, and they also work with other companies like Rite Aid, Albertsons, um, you know, Weiss Markets, a lot of other big ones. And this is very similar to what Kroger had rolled out previously that with uh, Vibenomics, which we've heard, you know, good things from in the past as well. So you know, I think that any way that you can, you know, I think that the audio makes a lot of sense in the store because a lot of the in-store messaging, when you think about like the beacons and um, all of the push messaging, maybe and interacting through an app and all of that, because it's so granular and because it interferes, I think a lot of the ways that with our consumer behavior, when someone's shopping, I think that the audio messaging makes a lot of sense and just being able to have that, you know, playing over the loudspeaker. And there's also a lot of science behind how, you know, specific music makes you feel in the moment of shopping, right? Are you feeling stressed or are you feeling excited? You know, when you want to keep shopping, when you think about the holidays and, and all the, the playlists that are on and your favorite retailers, you know, a lot of those are scientifically designed to get you to, you know, engage and shop longer and stay longer and interact. Um, and I think that this is probably a lot of the same uh, options there, right? So they've got the musical aspect and then they've got the branded messaging that you're hearing. So I think this is, you know, this is a smart move, obviously, uh, likely bringing more revenue to CVS as well and more opportunities for brands to connect with consumers that are right there in the moment. So this to me is, it's a simple thing. It's not, you know, anything with lots of technology behind it, likely maybe besides the location-based aspect, but I think that it, it does work and it's likely effective um, as it doesn't require a lot of extra interaction from the consumers part. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's always a role in in-store, um, you know, music or experience, you know, whether that's video or audio or what have you in influencing the consumer and, you know, sort of creating, you know, the right atmosphere uh, for them. And, um, you know, whether it's, you know, what CVS is doing here with in-store audio or, you know, you mentioned Kroger and Vibonomics or, you know, uh, you know, one of the longest standing, you know, members of the LBMA, Mood Media, uh, you know, these guys, you know, all of these companies, you know, you know, have have been in that space for a long time of sort of creating those experiences. And I think the location based aspect of it, I think, creates a lot of opportunities, um, you know, sort of in the moment, but also I think to create uh, linked opportunities across, you know, store networks or across, um, you know, e even across different types of advertising media. I know, for example, um, years ago we did a, a project with Shazam where you, you know, there was a audio signal embedded into TV commercials. You know, if you had the Shazam app on your phone, you know, it would pick that up uh, because it was sort of, you know, listening in the background. Uh, from the TV commercial, it would store that, and let's say it was a commercial for CVS. Um, 
you know, when you happen to walk into the CVS store next time, you know, uh, you know, weeks later, it could remember that um, you sort of link the the audio to your physical visit and then you know tie that into an experience. And so I think there's opportunities to kind of take what's going on in the audio space and do a lot more with it, right? Um, whether that's something that you engage right then and there in the store uh, or something that you know is persistent and carries forward into other experiences uh, across multiple stores of the same brand or even you know, across, let's say, a loyalty coalition, loyalty network, or something like that. So I think there's a lot of growth yet to come uh, for these sort of in-store audio or in-store experiential, um, you know, media platforms. Um, but I'm glad to see that, you know, brands like CBS are teaming up with companies like in-store audio uh, network to, you know, create these linkages. Because I think that as the next story we're going to talk about in a second, at the end of the day, as we're trying to come out of a pandemic and, you know, sort of see a bit of an economic recovery and a, a return of foot traffic and so on and so forth, if we're going to be able to sustain that, one of the key components to that, in my opinion, is really about creating experiences that, you know, uh, turn the store into a destination, into a place that you want to go and want to hang out and want to spend time in. Um, because it's cool, it's fun, you know, it's got the right mood, it's got the right atmosphere, it's doing something for you that you can't get simply by jumping on Amazon and buying whatever it is, you know, um, at the cheapest price. So I, I think that's uh, really important, and I think, you know, brands like CVS and Kroger and others are seeing that uh, happen. So that's kind of my two cents on it. So speaking of experience, moving to our last story now. So there is a um, an interesting brand out there um, that uh, I wasn't familiar with. It's a um, I think they're Korean, um, a Korean uh, eyewear brand, uh, a fashion eyewear, and um, it's called Gentle Monster. Uh, first of all, I love I love the name because it, it's like it says nothing to do with eyewear, but it's just it's just fun, right? Gentle Monster. So um, anyways, uh, they are making a push into uh, the North American market and they've opened up their first flagship store in Santa Clara, uh, California, in Silicon Valley. And uh, it's a 4,300 square foot store. And uh, to kind of set their brand and create this sort of really experiential place for people to go and kind of get connected, they really uh, they describe their eyewear as a disruptive creativity that pursues weird and beautiful all at once. So that's kind of their sort of how, how they describe what they do. And so in the store, you walk in and they say it's intended to invoke a theme of memory, inviting shoppers into an advanced world where technology is able to restore forgotten memories. And the concept takes shoppers on this mind-bending journey through the eyes of a kinetic life-size robot of a strikingly lifelike old woman. So you walk in and there's this robot, like an old woman looking robot, life-size robot there. And she's in this like dream state uh, and she's having sort of memories and flashbacks of her childhood. And um, there's also a pair of life-size moving donkeys um, in the store that are opposite each other on a podium and they create the optical illusion of a mirror image. 
and this like kinetic pine tree with you know held up by a giant hand and so there's all this like really creative sort of artistic and moving uh movement and kinetic kind of based um you know sort of art happening all around you and the intention is to kind of get you into this dream state and this really like visualization uh framework and I don't know if that does anything because I haven't been there. Um, I got to go to kind of experience and see it to have me think about eyewear. But I guess if there's eyewear all around and I get a sense of, okay, like, you know, there's this dreamlike state and these, these, you know, glasses are going to make me feel good about myself and, and remember my childhood, you know, my youth or whatever. Um, that's not a bad thing. So again, I think like the in-store audio story in a completely different way, it's about creating a mood and an atmosphere. Right, that you know, has has people want to stay and explore and spend time in the store, and ultimately spend money in the store because that's what they're doing. So, I love that the fact that they're you know sort of making these investments in technology um, and creating really experiential things and turning their store into a destination. And to me, that's the ultimate thing. If you're in physical retail, that you need to be uh, spending time on these days uh, because as people come back. You want them to, to, to dwell. You want them to be there and you're going to want them to, um, you know, kind of, you know, have that kind of engagement. And 4,300 square feet, that's a lot of space to uh, socially distance people, uh, you know, uh, out. So I like that too. What are your thoughts? You're on mute. When you, when you think about like how the... Uh... <laughs> The, when you read the story about what this is, it sounds very trippy, right? Uh, but it kind of reminded me of, I was recently watching Alice in Wonderland, the new version uh, with my, my oldest daughter. And, you know, it's very dreamlike. Like you said, it's very uh, creative and artistic. And what I like about it is the fact that they're thinking in a very artistic way, but they're looking at life through a lens and they are selling glasses. So I think that that is the connection that's there. And if you look at their website, it is very trippy. It's very, you know, you see the woman that you're talking about, you know, and, and then you see lots of other characters that are there and it is very like, I don't know, you know, like uh, another world. So I think that that's kind of fun when you think about it is a glasses you are experiencing it you're looking through a lens and you're you know able to look through that um and hopefully it makes you want to spend you know upwards of three hundred dollars on a pair of 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 glasses but i think you're right in the fact that we do have to think even harder and plan even more as we start to open back up as a society like what are the experiences that we're providing and what's going to drive people back into the stores because we've gotten so used to everything being um you know so digital and and delivered to the door what's going to get me out there um so this sounds like something that would likely drive people to the store you know when you think about i don't know robots and donkeys and looking through life through an old woman's eyes it's Sounds exciting enough to go check out yourself, right? Yeah, uh, for sure. Pretty- and with a store that size, I could see them doing like events, you know, you know, having some sort of, you know, meetups uh, there, uh, DJ, you know, old school, you know, music memories, you know, all sorts of different things that you can kind of pull into this um, that I think could be really interesting. So uh, I really like it. I, I wish I was uh, closer so that I could uh, go check it out, but. Uh, uh, another time, I guess, when I'm next in uh, in uh, Silicon Valley. So, there you go. 
so that's it. That's our show for this week. Uh, it's been uh, a good, uh, for, interesting four stories uh, this week. And uh, you've been listening to episode number 514 of Location Weekly. We thank you, as always, for your time. Uh, please reach out if you have story ideas, feedback, uh, criticism. Give us some love on whichever podcast platform you're consuming this on. And uh, we'll be back next week with yet another show. Have a great week, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.